Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Until you turn your life over to God, you will never find purpose and meaning. See, purpose and meaning only comes from God. You can't design your own life. You can try. It'll never work. The wisest man and the richest man in the whole world, Old Testament Solomon, he tried every road. It was a dead end, dead end, dead end, dead end, dead end, dead end. And basically he says this, life under the sun, in other words, life without God, is like blowing bubbles. I remember when I taught this series well. It's empty. When we have disappointments in our lives, there are a couple of ways to cope with them. Many times people decide to take control of their lives as much as they can. By doing this, they hope to minimize or eliminate discouragements. Pastor Mark will be teaching that we need to hand over our doubts to God, trusting that He has ordered our lives according to His will and purpose. He will be teaching through Scripture the differences between doubt and unbelief. He will also be sharing what Jesus had to say about unbelief, the warnings that Jesus made to those around him, reminding them of God's judgment. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he concludes his message, The Cure for Doubt and Discouragement. Pastor Mark, where'd you get that from? Well, it's just something I thought of. No, I got it from the Bible. Romans 8, God's for you. He's not against you. Just turn to your neighbor and say, God's for me. That's good news. Go ahead. Just remind him right now. Come on. That, that's what? That's good news. What will Satan say to you in this difficult time? Well, God's forgotten you. He, you knew he's always against you. You never do good enough. Sound familiar? It should. We've all been there. Number three, don't doubt that God hears and answers our prayers. Now, when we pray, we learned a few years ago because we had a different bracelet. When we pray, God answers three ways. Yes. How many like yes? Just raise your hand. Be truthful. That's exactly right. He answers no. But the longer you serve God, the no answers were better than the yes answers. Because look what he, you missed. See, God's a loving God. And here's the one that we struggle with. Wait. But what does waiting do? It builds my faith. Because his timing's always right. Don't doubt. As we have our prayer culture week, get yourself here. You say, well, I've never tried that before. Come on. Get here and watch God change your life. Next, don't doubt that all things work together for good. That's from Romans 8. You see, God knows how to coordinate. He's above. He knows what he's doing. He knows the timing. He knows everything that's happening. He knows in your life. We have a snapshot of today at best. 
tomorrow. Back in 1969, I started my first day as director of pharmacy at Wusthof. And I want to tell you, the things that happened since that day till now, I could have never expected in my whole imagination. He had a picture. He's not done with me yet. In case you think I'm done, forget it. He has a picture in your life exactly the same. And we don't know it. We just go with it. Because he's for me. He's not against me. Next, never doubt his love. We sing a great song around here. His love never fails. It never gives up. Maybe this morning you feel like he doesn't love you. No, no, no. His love is eternal. He loves you. It doesn't matter if you walked away from God. Come on home this morning. So here you are. You're struggling with why questions. That's normal. Don't try to fool God. Be honest and open. Understand that. Go back to the truths of Scripture and realize that God knows the big picture of your life. So you can trust him to do what's best. Here's step number four. A little long. I'll give you time to write it. Trust God to do the right thing. And believe his overall plans will always exceed your expectation. You see, God knows what he's doing in your life. And you're going to see in a moment... That Jesus goes back and talks about John the Baptist's purpose in life. This is huge. Watch how we get there. So right after John the Baptist's disciples leave, Jesus is going to talk to the crowd. And he's going to kind of give a, a glowing tribute to John the Baptist. I think it's interesting that the disciples leave. They're not going to hear this. It wasn't meant for John. It was Jesus talking about how amazing the ministry and the purpose of John the Baptist was to this crowd. We begin in verse 24. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury, are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Aha, yes. And I tell you more than a prophet. Let's review quickly. John the Baptist. Miracle birth. Zachariah and his wife. Older people could have never had kids. God supernaturally creates John the Baptist. He gives him a mission. A mission to be the forerunner of Jesus. He's kind of a funky guy. He lives in the deserts. He's kind of off-center to us, but he was right on. He lives in the deserts. I'll be there in a few days, out in that wilderness. He eats locusts and honey. He's got a beard. He wears weird clothes. He's got honey dripping. Doing all that stuff. So he doesn't fit the picture of the religious Righteous Pharisees. But it wasn't the funkiness of him that drew people to him. It was his message. And what was John the Baptist's message? Repent of your sins. They hadn't heard that from the religious people. Repent of your sins because the Messiah is coming to bring freedom forever to you. And what happened with the crowds? They come piling out. They didn't go to see a reed shaken. 
They didn't go to see somebody dressed up like a, a real religious person. They came to hear the truth. And watch what Jesus says as he moves through this. It's very powerful, actually. And then he's saying to them, you came to hear a prophet, didn't you? Yes, Jewish people like prophets. That's what the whole Old Testament's about. He was somebody that, that God picked. The opportunity was there. He was faithful. But notice what it says in verse 27. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. So Jesus reminds the people in the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophet Malachi had said, John the Baptist is coming to make the way clear for the Messiah. Let me read it to you. Look, I'm sending my messenger. He will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to the temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you will look for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord God Almighty. Let me just say this to you. When John the Baptist was born, and as he began to grow, he knew his purpose in life. When Jesus came, and he began to grow, he knew his purpose in life. God has a purpose for every single one of you. His first purpose is for you to become a believer and then begin to become like him, lifelong. We'll never achieve it, but we go for it. And then he has a purpose for you to share the good news, to be light and salt, and then to make disciples. And then, of course, he has a purpose for you if his goal is for you to get married and have kids and all of those amazing things that we do in life. But God has a purpose for you. Let me say something to you this morning. Until you turn your life over to God, you will never find purpose and meaning. See, purpose and meaning only comes from God. You can't design your own life. You can try. It'll never work. The wisest man and the richest man in the whole world, Old Testament Solomon, he tried every road. It was a dead end, dead end, dead end, dead end, dead end, dead end. And basically, he says this. Life under the sun, in other words, life without God, is like blowing bubbles. I remember when I taught this series well. It's empty. And this morning at the end of the teaching, I'm going to give you an opportunity to start a relationship with God. That's where purpose comes from. See, as you flounder around in this world, you'll never find purpose without God. Impossible. But you can find it immediately. John the Baptist knew what he was to do. I know what I'm called to do. For many years, I was called as a director of pharmacy. I still worked in the church. I was an elder. I taught, whatever, all those things. Then God changed it. I love what I'm doing because that's what purpose God designed me for. I can't be anybody else. This is just who I am. It's not about me. It's about God. You have to get to that place. You have to get to that place because when you get to that place, understand purpose and meaning of life and fulfillment. Woo! It comes. And it doesn't really matter, even though sometimes I doubt and get discouraged. I know what the purpose of God is. But then Jesus says something very strange. Look at verse 28. I tell you, among those born of women, he's talking about John the Baptist, there is no one greater than John. So Jesus says he's the greatest prophet of the Old Covenant of the Old Testament. Now think about who some of those people were. Moses, Abraham. Say what? He's better. He's greater. Why? Because no one else ever introduced Jesus. It was a humbling thing. 
But then he says this, look at the rest of the verse. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Who's he talking about? You. What Jesus is saying is this. Even though John the Baptist announced the coming of the kingdom and he knew forgiveness would be coming, he knew Jesus would go to the cross, he never saw it. John the Baptist went to heaven because eventually he believed in Jesus who would go to the cross. But when Jesus went to the cross and died and was buried and resurrected, today when you become a Christian, you don't look forward, you look back to the cross. As you sang this morning in our worship time, At the cross, at the cross, I surrendered my life to you. John the Baptist never had the experience of the new covenant, saved by grace. That means that you and I have greater opportunities. We have greater responsibilities and blessings because we have been saved by grace. Now, Jesus does something very unusual. He speaks about the religious people and the people who heard John the Baptist teach and him teach. Watch what he says, verse 29. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they'd been baptized with John. So John said, you have to repent of your sins and show it by being baptized. The people that believed were baptized because they believed the statement. Look at verse 30. But the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and the experts in the law rejected, ooh, this is huge, rejected God's purposes for themselves. Well, what's the purpose of a prophet, of a pastor, of a religious leader? To direct people to who? God. They were directing people to themselves. He says, you failed the purpose. And because of that, they refused to believe in the message of John the Baptist or the message of Jesus. So the people that believed in John the Baptist's message easily believed in Jesus because that's the one he was talking to. But the religious leaders refused to believe, and of course, they're not baptized. I want you to see this statement. This is huge. I encourage you to write it down somewhere because you'll use it over and over again. I'll give you time. Watch this. Henry Drummond says this. Christ was distinguishing basically between doubt and unbelief. Watch this. Doubt says, I can't believe. The Oakland Raiders, the Super Bowl this year. (laughs) I can't believe that. Unbelief says what? I won't believe. Doubt is honest. God, I think you're wrong. You haven't answered me. I expected something different. What's happening? Take your doubts to God. Unbelief is obstinate. I refuse to believe. Now you're going to see in a few moments when people go to hell, why do they go to hell? One reason. Unbelief. I refuse to believe that Jesus is the only way to God. And you will end up separated from God because of you're obstinate. I know better than God. I have a better plan than God. All roads lead to God. Wrong. But when you discover you're wrong, It's too late. It's too late. See, that was the message Jesus was talking. What did Jesus say? I'm the way and the truth and the life. So we like to go by that. Don't go by that. So then Jesus says, what were these Pharisees like? And he's going to call them little children. Because they never believe. They were always obstinate. They loved to argue. 
Everything was negative. Watch what he says. It's kind of funny. Verse 31. Jesus went on to say, to what then can I compare the people of this generation? People that were religious leaders that weren't really serving God and other people that believed him. What are they like? Well, they're like little children sitting in the marketplace calling out to each other. Hey, we played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. So John the Baptist, that's the way he was. He, was, he, he didn't drink a wine. He didn't eat bread. Remember, told he was a little different. And what do they say to him? Oh, he has a demon. And then Jesus comes, and Jesus is what? Jesus eats bread. He's with the unbelievers. What do they call Jesus? Look at this. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. You say, well, he's a glutton and a drunkard. He's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus says, you're, you religious leaders, you're spoiled children. Nothing you can do is right. You're always critical. You're always negative. Don't follow those kind of people. You must know that what we try to do in this church is teach truth. But we want to be known for what we're for, not what we're against. See, some people think they always need to be known. Well, we don't do this. We don't do that. We don't do this. That's going to attract a lot of people to church. No, there's lots of things we can. There's freedom in serving God. Don't go the negative. But do we teach on sin? Absolutely. There's plenty of people. In the pulpit, big congregations, 40, 50,000, never teach on sin. People want to be there. Just be the best you can be. <laughs> never mention sin. When you watch a program for a long time and sin is never mentioned, find a different church. First thing Jesus said when he came was, repent. What are you going to repent of? Has to be sin. My sin. Verse 35 is a huge verse. Look what it says. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. Jesus said, if you follow me, the wisdom that I'm giving you, repent, believe, change, become, it'll prove you're right. A wise person follows God by believing the teaching of Jesus. A religious person is proved wrong because they're trying to follow their rules and the regulations. It's a dead end from a dead religion. Now notice that verse again. But wisdom is proved right. The Bible says this. The fool has said in his heart. There is no God. But the wise one says. There is a God. I know I was created by him. For a purpose. Now. I want to talk to you just for a moment, then we're going to worship and sing. I don't want you to put your Bibles away, but I want you to see this doubting thing. Because there's people in this service, and you doubt this morning, Jesus. See, Jesus was known as a friend of sinners. That means you never have to doubt if Jesus can save you and change your life. Because we were all born sinners. There's nobody better. There's nobody worse. We were born sinners and we needed God's forgiveness. When John the Baptist questioned whether Jesus was the Messiah, what did we hear this morning? What did Jesus say? I am the Messiah. You don't have to doubt that at all. But I want to ask you something. Expectations. We talked about that a lot this morning. If you're not a Christian... 
if you've never turned your life over to God, what do you expect will happen to you when you die? There's lots of expectations in our world. Reincarnation. I'll just keep coming back over and over and over again until I get it right. You're going to be coming back a long time. That's not true. You know why? The Bible says this. It's appointed unto man and woman once to die and after death, the judgment. You don't come back. Well, I just go on the ground, that's it. No, no, no. No, you're eternal. You will live forever. Well, I don't agree with it. I don't absolutely believe it. Oh, you will five seconds after you die. But it's too late. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. So what do you expect after you die if you're not a Christian? Let me show you this. I think this is important. Don't doubt God's mercy first. Just read the first part, his mercy. It doesn't matter what you've done. God can forgive you. Some of you have walked away from God and Satan saying to you, don't you dare come back. Look at the stuff you've done. God is in. Just like I kind of read with the joking verse. God's finished with you. He doesn't want anything to do with it. That's a lie. God loves to give new starts. Second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever. Thank you, Jesus. Don't doubt his mercy. There's nothing you can do to destroy his mercy. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you. Don't doubt it. You are not good enough. You will never be good enough. Only forgiven people go to heaven. Number two, don't doubt God's justice. You know, the stuff we see in our world, doesn't it just drive you crazy with ISIS? You know, a little Christian girl goes over there and they rape her over and over and over again. We see him chopping heads off of kids. And our, our world, our political stuff is just filled lies after lies after lies. It just, it, don't you get just fed up? And you, sometimes I say, God, when are you going to stop this? Oh, he's going to stop it. Justice is coming. We know from the book of Revelation. Now, God doesn't like that. We, have not, we don't see God's wrath, but the world will see God's wrath one day. Don't doubt it. Next. And don't doubt his judgment. Well, Pastor Mark, that's why I'm not a Christian. God loves to send people to hell. Wrong. The only person that gets sent to hell is you, by your own choice, obstinate. I refuse to believe. That's God's justice. Sin cannot be in God's sight. So I want to give you the chance this morning, before we sing our last three songs, for you to change. Jesus Christ went to the cross to pay for your sins. So after death, when I stand before God, I'll stand before God as my Savior because the penalty's already been paid. Jesus died on the cross. Or as my judge. And then you'll hear these words, depart from me. I never had a relationship with you. And that's where you'll spend eternity with Satan and the Antichrist and all the rest forever. Well, God's not fair. Oh, he's very fair. You're here. You've just heard his truth right now. You have a choice. It's difficult to get over disappointments. Many times the result is that we doubt God's ability to take care of us. Pastor Mark reminded us that God's plans take into consideration the long run not only the day-to-day affairs of life. Pastor Mark taught that God's plan for our lives was that we be a testimony of God's love and grace to those around us, and that in the end, we would be successful disciples of Christ. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In the next series, Pastor Mark will continue in Luke 7, teaching about God's generosity. He will be sharing the story of the woman who anointed Jesus' feet with perfume, the response of Jesus' host, and Jesus' reprimand of his host. Pastor Mark will teach about the amazing gifts we've been given by God in addition to salvation and our need to show gratitude to God for what we've received. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.